Welcome to the Living Alive Podcast. I'm Autumn Shields, a Master Connect coach, speaker, author, and serial entrepreneur, and most importantly, your hostess here to help you live your life alive. See, I believe we all have the ability to feel and be guided by life's nudges to live on purpose. So I'm inviting you to take this journey with me. Whether you were here just wanting to dip your toe in the water and see what this is all about, or maybe you were ready to dive deep. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. On this show, you'll hear powerful life-changing stories from thought leaders of all walks of life that are stirring things up. We will guide you on living your life fully alive, how to identify the nudges, and why living a healthy lifestyle actually makes a difference. So get ready to be inspired, challenged, and connected because it's your time to make a splash. Yes, he's back, back again. I am so excited to have this guest from season one back for season two. He's one of my favorite people to have a conversation with, and he was actually one of your favorite guests from season one. As I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking about sometimes there's days when I wake up and I think, why didn't somebody just write a book for life, like the whole life, like what to expect, not in your first year of life, but like for the first 90 years. Wouldn't that just be great if somebody, you just had that manual and you could open it up and follow along and I'm sure that would take a lot of fun out of life, but some days it just feels like that would be a little bit easier. However, Brad has just released his second book, which is actually a field guide to help us kind of along our journey. And it is amazing. So we're going to dive into a few of these topics today and really add value to maybe where you're stuck in your own life. So over 40 years, Brad has actually inspired professionals, leaders, and their teams to challenge conventional thinking and to take a stand for living with authenticity and freedom instead. He has learned to really evoke in others an uncommon level of clarity and perspective, one that helps people release the way it is and step into the way it could be. So where does he gain his wisdom from? Well, obviously with over 40 years of experience, but really he's learned to grab it from nature. His coaching, writing, and speaking draw on nature's wisdom as a model for living with creativity, resilience, and balance. For over 20 years, he led nature tours to some of North America's most unusual wilderness locations. And in more ancient times, he served as a captain in the U.S. Air Force. I would like to welcome back to the show, Brad Glass. Thanks, Autumn. I'm glad to be back. This is so exciting. Starting off and kicking off season two. Um, and of course, we had you on season one. And I asked you to come back um, to help us kick off season two and be one of our first guests because you have another book coming out. I do. I'm excited. Yeah. So congratulations. So if you missed his first podcast, you have to go back and listen to it um, in season one. But his first book, Living Authentically, in a world that would rather you didn't. And I just love the title and I absolutely love the book. When people ever ask for a book recommendation, I always recommend this book, but you have a new book out. So congratulations. And I'm excited to have you on because I think the content is just something that we are all so desperate. Like so many of us are actually desperate for this information um, and where we're at in the world. So tell us what inspired you to write the new book, A Field Guide to Life. 
Yeah, it's, it's called A Field Guide to Life, and the subtitle is Navigating the Challenges of Our Lives and Times. And as a, as a coach, I'm, I'm a pretty good observer. I mean, I, most of what I do with clients is through awareness in the moment and observation. And so I, I look around a lot, and I don't miss very much. But when I look around in the world today, I, I see far more struggle out there than I see joy, meaning, peace, and freedom. And my, my coaching work is devoted to helping people find and create and live joy, meaning, peace, and freedom. So I'm drawn to figure out what's, what's the dichotomy here and why, uh, why there's so much struggle and what, what ways that I can maybe help people in, in new or certainly more effective ways to, to release some of the struggle. So that was the that was the underpinning of it. Absolutely. And I feel like so many of us right now, obviously, depend upon when you're listening to this, we're headed in like the second, you know, lockdown time of COVID coming right up to the, you know, end of the year in 2020, which has been the word struggle stands out a lot for, you know, what a lot of people have gone through in 2020 mm-hmm. for you to recognize that, but also take it upon yourself to write another book. So how long did it take you to write this book? <laughs> That's that's funny because the, the last time you asked that, I didn't have a good answer because I don't think I knew. Uh, this time I know because when, when the kind of the first lockdown started in March, I decided that I, I have a couple of things that create rhythm in my day anyway. I always sit every morning for an hour or two with coffee and watch it get light. And I always go for a walk in the woods every day. But I decided that it would help me stay centered and keep a rhythm to my day to sit every afternoon outside and write. And half the time was in my car because it's March and it's cold and the weather's terrible. But I wrote every single day from March until September. And the result was this book. And it was just, it was so much fun for me to do it because it, it added such rhythm in my life at a time when there wasn't much rhythm. And it provided centering in a, in a time when there was so much chaos and uncertainty. Uh, and it was, it was something, the topics were things that had been rolling around in my mind anyway. And I just said, well, let's give it a shot and see what happens. So I did. Well, and I'm so glad that you're willing and able to share it with the world, because I think a lot of times people write, but they feel like for some reason, whatever reason it is that they don't want to share it or for whatever reason it, it wouldn't provide value. And I know that this does. And so I'm so thankful that you're willing to share this with other people. And I know when we spoke before on the first show, um, we had, you know, we kind of turned time back and looked at your life and how you came to learn to live an authentic life. And so we won't dive too much into that, but from all of your experience and your struggles, you know, you learning that all, so many of your lessons did come from those struggles and triumphs, but through that, and now this guide out, tell us just a few things. Like if I could just have a few minutes of your time, if like I ran into you and I said, Oh, tell me about this book. Like, give me a few, like, I want them now. I want this guide now. Just give me a few things. Cause I think people are really grasping it. You know, what can they do to get through some of these struggles and those, that thing called joy, how can I get there? Well, I was grasping too. And you know, I mean, yes, struggle has been magnified by the the covid uh time but this the roots of this go back far before that because people struggle it's just been going on for a long time and i did too i struggled for 30 years of my adult life so when i started looking at all of this stuff to to write 
I, I, I was looking at what, what happened for me? What, what were, how did the struggles impact my life? What happened and how did I, how did I undo uh, what I'd gotten into? And I, and I realized that every single one of the struggles I had, which now are represented by 11 topics, 11 chapters, 11 essays, whatever, however you want to look at it, uh, all shared the same root cause. And that was amazing to me. Because you think, you know, some of the topics, uh, silence. We say we love silence, but give us a bit of silence, we go turn the noise back on. We can't stand silence. We don't want to be with ourselves. We say we want it, but we don't like it. So that's one of the challenges. That's the simple one. Uh, Another one is not knowing. We are taught that we need to know everything, know everything now, get it right, and have answers and be sure of ourselves. In this world, that's impossible. We can't possibly know everything. So far more useful in our lives would be to develop a culture and a language of not knowing, a language of ignorance, as Wendell Berry calls it. And I think that that's beautiful because it opens us to learning. So all of these things, they, they all had the same cause. And the cause was that we learned that life was a struggle. And what the, the issue is that when, whenever something's going wrong, we look around for, for clues. Well, what's happening? What's causing my struggle? And we look around and we see life is difficult, people are difficult, situations are difficult, life's supposed to be fair and it's not. I'm supposed to be a certain way. I need to have money to, to make sure that I'm happy. And we look back and those were all things most of us were taught in life. And what's happening now is those thoughts from old lessons are manifesting today as struggle. So there's a cause and effect thing going on here that we absolutely do not see. We see the causes as being the rocks in the road and the crazy people I have to work with. And we wanna fix the rocks and fix the people, but we're looking in the wrong places. Because the, the, the right place is the thinking that brought us to where we are now. And we do a great job of associating cause and effect when it's here and now. Turn on the faucet and water comes out, okay? But we do a terrible job of associating cause and effect. One, when the cause is a thought instead of a thing. And two, when the thought that created the effect is 10, 20, 50, like 50 in my case, over 50 years old. So that's the, wow. that's the thing. And, and people are, are either in denial that that's true, and it's true whether you're in denial or not, by the way, uh, or they're unwilling to look at what's going on inside themselves. They'd rather fight with the world. Wow. I'd like to dive a little deeper on a few different things you said. I'd like to back up when you said that you had to learn to undo things. And that is, is that what you're talking about is the actual, you, had, you realize that this is all learned and that you had to yeah. unlearn it. We had to unlearn it. it it's uh, the analogy. I, I may have used this before, but it, it's like Michelangelo carving the statue of David he said that David was already in the marble. All he had to do was to remove what was not David. And it's so beautiful. Really, the same thing is true for us. We've got this pure, beautiful, creative, amazing, high potential being. We're born with that. Watch kids play when they're young. They're, you know, they can imagine worlds into being. It's, it's, it's staggering. And then we learn it's not. Then we learn it's not true. We could become what I would call acculturated. We learn how life really is, which is not how life really is, but that's how we learn. We have to unlearn what we learned. So uh, an example, we learned to be nice to other people. Very good lesson. 
But what we get out of that is to be nice to other people and trust them. And even, even if it means betraying ourselves. Yes. We learn that self-care is selfish. One of the topics is self-care. Self-care is not selfish. Selfish means doing something for yourself where you benefit and somebody else is diminished. Self-care is when you do something for yourself and other people are supported and encouraged. They're completely different things. But we, we don't go back and look at how those lessons got incorporated into our unconscious minds. We say, yeah, this, I, of course I have to get it right, you know? I mean, I, I've told the story before that, you know, I, I grew up in a house that expected me to be perfect in everything. And I come home with a 97 on a math test and my dad says, where did the other three points go? I mean, that, that lesson taught me that I had to get everything right or I couldn't come home and be lovable. I don't want to get psychological and all this stuff, but that's a bad, bad lesson for a kid to learn. But it carried out through my, my entire professional career. Now, the business world loves people like that because they work harder, but it's not who we're meant to be. No. And I think with, with what's going on with COVID right now, what I've learned about myself is one other thing you said is that, you know, knowing the outcome, having a plan, and it's supposed to be like this. And we try to make choices in our lives and we try to make decisions for our future. But when it doesn't happen, when I lived in Hawaii, there's a term we always said, like, just go with the flow, you know, just go with the flow. And I've learned to go with the flow a lot better, but there comes a point where, you know, your limits are pushed. Like people's limits are pushed right now with COVID. Like, all right, we'll play along for a little bit. Okay. I didn't get to go to that activity and, oh, I had to miss out on that. And I can't travel there and I can't see my family because of that. So I think in the beginning, like, all right, we were willing to like give up a little bit of this outcome of this control, but I feel like people are like getting pushed. And I think it's a learning thing for me. It's a learning thing. Like I didn't realize how much I really did need to know what was going to happen. Well, yeah, but there's a, there's a difference. I mean, go with the flow has become kind of a trite saying and it's lost all of its meaning, but uh, it does not mean go blindly, go along, does not mean go along blindly with whatever is happening or whatever anybody else tells you to do. It means to find the underlying flow and natural order that's underneath all of the chaos and step into that flow. And I firmly believe that even with this COVID stuff, doesn't matter what you think or believe about the science or anything else. It's not even a political issue. It's got nothing to do with that. That there's a natural flow underneath this that is asking us to do something different. And when we find that flow and join that flow, we are not in a bad place. We can be resilient in the face of uncertainty. Yes, I love that. And as many times as you know, we've spoken and we talk about there is such a lack of joy and you see people struggling. You see that that is their story. They're just walking out that struggle every day, but there are a lot of people that are choosing joy. There's a lot of people that are choosing to pivot in this. They're, they're learning that there is this other thing called that other flow underneath and they're learning that and identifying, you know, how to switch a few little things in their life to yeah. make it a little bit different. And they're not, they're not big changes. The flow is there anyway. The universe has always been a place of flow. I mean, it's 14 billion years of experience of flow. It's, been a, it's, it's continuity. And we can find that continuity and, and create that in our own lives. 
My life is one of joy, even though I'm in the midst of chaos like everybody else is. But I choose that because I, and I'm, and I'm aware and I make choices around that. You know, I do what I need to do to get along in the world and everything. And, but, you know, I, I find a way that keeps me resilient in the face of it all. Everybody can do that too. It's not available to a select few or what, all this kind of junk. And the other thing about creating a life path you mentioned a few minutes ago, there's a Buddhist saying that says, if you see your life path laid out in front of you, don't follow it. It's somebody else's. You create your path by walking it. And I, that is always true. I mean, if I look, look back to age 20 or young adult or whatever, I would never have dreamed that my life would have gone the way it's gone. I mean, there's been rocks in the road. I've screwed up stuff everywhere I've turned. There's been successes. There's been failures. There's been heartaches. There's been challenge. There's been struggle. It's been earmarked by struggle for 30 years. I didn't choose that. I didn't, I didn't, that was not part of my project plan. But the, the, the story is, what do you do with what happens? Not how you plan around what happens, but what do you do with what happens? Yes. I think most people would look back and say, I didn't imagine my life would turn out like this. So, well, yeah. So what's the value of the big plan? I mean, I, I, I'm not against planning, I, you know, but I, I like the, a vision instead, you know, here's what I can imagine, but what you do is, is what you step into each day. Yes. I love that. Instead of planning to imagine it's mm. a lot free, you know, it's a feeling of freedom instead of constriction. Yeah. We can't possibly have it all sorted out ahead of time. So why are people, the things they want, the silence or the time alone or um, the self-care, like all these things that we want, why, if we want them, we know it's there for us. Why do we tend to run back? Because, because we misidentify the cause of the problem. Mm-hmm. We think it's people and life's challenges that are getting in our way. And if we could only take care of these awful people, or if we could only get rid of this person, or if we could only solve this one problem or stop fighting, win the fight with this challenge, then we'd be okay. But that's not true. The whole idea about, you know, that people being difficult and life being difficult and we should be a certain way and all, different lessons. Those are thoughts inside our head. They have no life beyond what we give them with our energy. The problem is we give them the energy. No wonder we've got struggle. And that was, the, that was the thing that was just amazing to me when I started looking into all this stuff and writing. I mean, the, 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 the commonality across the chapters is, is amazing. I mean, I, the only, my only excuse is that repetition is a good teacher. So if you see the same thing yeah. in each chapter, it's a good teacher. But the, the, the reason is that it's the same stuff, the same cause. I feel like people get on that edge a lot in life, and then they go back to what they think that right. they can control <clears throat> instead of stepping into the unknown. And even though the unknown is, has nothing to do with control and going back has nothing to do with control, or we try to think, you know, where I see so many people struggle with things that they have no control over anyway, whether it's the media, whatever's going on, they have such a, a small, you know, if, if at all control over any of it, but it's, it's stealing people's joy. Well, it is, but it's uh, all of the things you mentioned and all of the things that we, quote, go back to uh, live in the external world. And that was one of the lessons, too. All the answers are in the outside world. You have to work hard to make it. Money buys happiness. Be nice to other people. Trust other people's thinking. 
those all those live in the outside world. So the the true unknown is our own inner world and we don't go look there. Who are you? Most people don't know. Do you think we don't look there because we're not taught to or because it's just scary? Well, I think it's scary because we're taught not to. Why do you think we're taught not to? Because we're taught instead about how the outside world is. Get a good job, do well in school, make a lot of money, be nice to people, don't rock the boat. All those are in the outside world. With so much contrast in the world, it's easy to feel like you have little to no power or choice in your own life. You can know that is not true and still get bogged down in the heaviness of it. What if you had a resource for helping you find what is true for you and create your life from there, no matter what is going on around you? Dr. Andy Harper is a gifted and experienced facilitator of dynamic change for those who are seeking a healthier and more productive way of living their lives. She works with both people and animals, and she gets to the heart of what change is required for every one of her clients to get on the path to living their empowered life. So if you are in that place of knowing something has to change now, or just curious to find out what else could be possible for you to have more of your power and your choice, visit DrAndy'sWorld.com today. Discover a different possibility for you at DrAndy'sWorld.com. Can you imagine going to kindergarten and getting like sent to the side and sent the assignment today is to get to know yourself. Yeah, I was just going to say that. When did that ever happen? It never happened. (laughs) People, you know, I know in younger, there are some schools that are incorporating more of like meditation or, you know, style things, but imagine actually getting to know yourself. I I heard something the other day, we were talking about gratitude and somebody said, you know, for years and years, they wrote down things that they were grateful for in the morning. And that's been something I've done for a long time. And then they said they were challenged to write things that about themselves they were grateful for. And it changed everything because I could probably do it for a few days. Like, Oh, I'm grateful for this internally, or, you know, maybe whatever it is, I'm just thankful for, but imagine doing it for months. You'd have to really get to know yourself to sit there and say things over and over that you're grateful for like of you. How cool. What an amazing exercise if kindergartners could learn that. So true. That would be amazing. But when, when did any of us learn how to trust ourselves and to listen to who we were and to listen to how we were different from our brothers and sisters, instead of all having to turn out the same, like we were little automatons or something. We didn't in general, we didn't. That's the problem. So what is the first step? If somebody is like, oh my gosh, like I've never even attempted to try to get to know myself or I mean, <laughs> maybe they're 20, maybe they're 16 thinking, you know what? Maybe they just went through a divorce or a job loss and they're thinking, you know what? I don't even know who I am or my kids went off to college and I don't know who I am without being a mom. What is the first things to re-identify or learn about yourself? Well, one is to get it that there's somebody inside there that wants to be known. Mm. I mean, getting that, I mean, you you can say what you want about any of this. I mean, a lot of people are going to say, well, what Brad's saying is nonsense. I mean, look at how successful my life has been. I fought through everything and look at how much I've achieved. Okay, fine. But do you have joy and meaning and peace and freedom? I have clients who have done that with me and they can't answer that last question. 
Mm-hmm. So the, the thing is that this stuff is true. Our thoughts are things. Our thoughts have a causal, are a causal factor in our lives. And it's true and there's an impact whether you believe it or deny it or, or go with it. So the first step would be to get it that there is a possibility inside you, even if you don't know how or what or whatever, but to get it that it might be worth an exploration. And if not now, when? Yes, I, mean, right you that, I felt like there's anxiety, like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> I don't want to like miss out on getting to know something else yeah. about myself. Well, I'll, I'll give most people a, a, an open door here because I didn't figure out anything until I was 50. My 50th birthday was a turning point for me in terms of action. And I'm 74 now, so I've had 24 good years. Uh, but I'll tell you, it was a challenge for 30 years before that. And since most people who are likely to listen or read the book or or be part of any of this or probably got a lot more a lot more years they're going to learn it sooner than i did so it's all good it's never too late i mean the flip side is if you'd rather fight with life go ahead it's okay i'm not trying to convince anybody so that's step one but the the real first step is to is to start to carve out quiet time just a, a 15 20 minutes every day maybe twice a day and i i can i can feel people cringing already but and, and you're going to hate it for the first few times because all you're going to have is these voices in your head that tell you what you should be doing and that sitting quietly is stupid and I've got a race to win and don't you, I'm, I can't, I, I need to take something away from my day and not something, not add something. All these stories, but they're just voices. But what you're listening to is the voices of the old lessons. You're already starting to do the work. One thing that helped me sit, because I can barely sit for you know five minutes, let alone like sit with myself and turn off that noise, is one thing that helped is I do what I call like a brain dump. So like if I wake up the first thing in the morning, I mean I have a to-do list like 20 pages long. Of course you do. I just sit there and try to say, don't think about that. I don't need to think about the grocery store right now. I know the laundry is going to be okay, but I can't get it to stop. So what happens is I just write it all down or like put it in my notes, like do that first to just brain dump. But then I act, I'm super visual. So if I think about spending time with myself or going within, I feel like, oh my gosh, what's in there? Mm-hmm. A technique I learned is to like, if I w- took myself to lunch, like have a conversation, just like a friend, yeah. like make it that simple to, you know, you just get to know a friend or you get to know somebody new. Mm. Pretty easy. It is. And so for people that are a little further along on the journey of getting to know themselves and, you know, diving deep, or deep divers, what other things from the book do you think that they could grasp onto and say, mm, that's another great path I can go down? Well, the, the, the core of all of it is tracing the struggles, which is, is a cause and effect thing. So the, the struggles we experience today are the effects. And the, the issue is to try to find the cause. And the cause probably isn't another human being or a rock in the road. So the uh, the work is to look at the struggles, look at the thoughts that drive them, and trace the thoughts back to the old lessons. When you find out how cause and effect are related, you know what to do. It's like if the faucet, if you turn the faucet on, the water's cold, you know how to turn it to hot. But you, you, if you don't know the cause and effect, you can't take action on cause and effect. So the, the idea of the silent time, I mean, what you described is you've got thoughts running around your head of all the stuff you've got to do and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, my example was all the voices in your head about this is stupid and whatever. But 
as you get into this a little bit, those thoughts start to calm down. You start to see them as clouds that just go by. You don't have to grab each one and fight with it. You just watch it go by. But what you can do as you get some experience with this and as your mind calms, and by the way, it will, uh, is that you can look at each thought and pretend it's like a ball of thread and unravel the ball of thread back to the lesson or the thought that created it. I mean, there's a, there's a quote from a guy named Tom Brown, who's an animal tracker. He's written books on animal tracking. And he said, if you follow a set of tracks back to its maker, you unravel the mystery of its life story. Right. I think that's a, a beautiful image for one, but it's true with our thoughts too. If we follow our thoughts back to where they came from, we reestablish the linkage between cause and effect, a linkage that was 10, 20, 50 years old. And when that linkage gets reestablished, then we can see cause and effect in a new way. And the problem most of us have is we miss that because of the time lag. Or we just think of thoughts of thought. I mean, as a coach, you talk about thinking about your thoughts. And mm. a lot of people have not even thought to think about their thoughts. <laughs> no, that's one of the chapters. Is, yeah, I'm thinking, they're my thoughts. They're all in my head. Therefore, they're my, they're my thoughts. Therefore, I must be thinking. What's your problem? And most of the time, our thoughts, sometimes, are, most of the time are not even ours. They're either traced back to somebody else's right. or from the outside world. Exactly. Our thoughts are thinking us, and they're somebody else's thoughts to begin with. It's beautiful. That's exactly what's going on. And when we discover that, it gets so much fun that you can't stop. And that's what I love is that, you you know, this doesn't have to be a struggle. I think when people think about work, that this has to be a struggle. This is fun. This it's is fun, fun stuff. I have a blast with this. And, I, you know, it's fun for me just observing other people, not, not to be critical or judgmental or anything. But, you know, I wonder what thought process brought them to this. Let me see what I can figure out about understanding their thought process. It's a great observation thing. And if, if, it, if it helps you to observe other people first because it's less scary than observing yourself, fine. Maybe you want to try that. Just resist the judgment that you're going to label them as this, that, or the other thing, when you, depending on what you see. But uh, we're, all, we're all doing the same thing. We're all struggling. And that, that's one of the things that keeps the struggle alive. We see other people doing it. Therefore, it must be life. Mm, yes. No, that, that can be their whole story. I don't know, but I, you know, it doesn't mean it has to be mine. No. And the, the other thing is if, if all of the struggle and stress and anxiety actually went to solving a problem, don't you think at least a few people would have gotten rid of the struggle by now? Yes. And I do think there's a difference between seeing somebody struggle versus somebody in their story. And it's a constant story versus mm. somebody's just struggling. And, you know, part of life is what we go through. But one thing I really appreciate is the title of the book, A Field Guide to Life, I think so many people sell happiness. And I love when you talk about the actual like guide to life. You've mentioned joy and peace a lot mm-hmm. and not so much happiness. And I, I think that you know, there's a TED talk out there that talks about why Americans aren't happy. It's, it's because we're supposed to be. And so if I, if, I'm supposed, if I wake up every day and I'm comparing myself to the outside world and I'm trying to get, get happiness not mm. it or feel it, but get happiness through the outside world. And I'm failing constantly at that because of the outside world's going to fail me at times a lot. So what happens is that I'm not happy and then I feel bad. I'm not happy. And then I go seek right. medicine or I get more depressed because I'm not 
feeling happy. And that's not what the show's about. The show's about living your life alive. It's not about being happy. It's truly alive. It's life. It's alive. It's the whole picture. But I love that, you know, you keep talking about joy and peace because of under all of the struggles or situations or things that we find ourselves in, I feel like when we're constantly trying to be happy, it, it makes us fall backwards instead of actually the word joy and peace. It's a very it different feeling. And I think we get addicted. Americans are addicted to the word happy. We're supposed to be happy. Well, here's, here's the thing. I mean, first of all, let me say that I use the word struggle and it doesn't mean that everybody's struggling all the time. Struggle means that there's, there's pieces of who you really are that aren't being honored in a way that create joy and peace and freedom and meaning. It doesn't mean you're out there fighting with life. I know plenty of people who are doing that every day. So I'm not, I'm not using struggle in that, in that sense. I, it's just a, a more pervasive thing. Yeah. But the, the issue of happiness is this. We, we have a, the, there's a distinction between joy and excitement. And joy is something that lives in our inner world. We have joy for no reason. We just experience joy. Excitement has a cause in the outside world. And I think what's going on is that we're, as a nation, we're addicted to excitement. We have to be fed from the outside world. That's why we don't like silence. We will turn the music on, turn the TV on, whatever. Go out and socialize and whatever. We have to be fed. And that, but that requires continual feeding from the outside. It's not sustainable energy. Joy comes from inside. Happiness comes from inside. I like the word joy because happiness is overused and it gets confused with excitement. And then we look to the outside world for it. But what we want here is a source of sustainable energy. And the only source of sustainable energy that can last us a lifetime is energy that's already inside us. We don't have to go out looking for it. My joy does not depend on somebody else's behavior. Excitement might, but my joy does not. And that distinction is really important. And it, the, the more we, we look inside, the more we start experiencing who we really are. And, you know, every one of us, we're good peeps. There's good stuff inside every one of us. And it's waiting. It's waiting to be expressed through how we live our lives. Yes. Wow. I just want to eat all this up. I cannot wait for this book to come out. I know people are taking notes and wanting more from you. Where can people find you? And I know your book's going to be out soon. I will definitely put the notes and where people can find you and the link to your book in the show notes. So you guys can just look in the show notes, click, um, and be able to find Brad, but Brad, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Well, the website's the easiest way. Everything is there. It's roadnottaken.com. And you'll find a link to a newsletter I write every month. And that has a one page article on some topic of general interest. And it also includes links to anything else like books and whatever. Uh, but there's a, there are links on there for my, my first book. Uh, and there's a link to an email. If you want to send me a note and chat about something, I welcome that. Uh, just the, the website's probably the easiest place to start. It's, uh, it's been around for a while, so it's not what they guess they call a responsive website. So it shows up differently on different devices. So if you get put off by that, be patient. But uh, the information is good and the availability is good. So Great. And I will put a note on there 
and certainly include it in the newsletter whenever uh, whenever the book's ready and available for purchase. So great. And any last thoughts on you know really the field guide to life? Yeah, I, in a way, the, the the field guide to life is my story because it's about how life affected me and how I was able to chart a new course. So it's a personal story in some sense, but more significantly, it's really an invitation. And I did it in the form of a field guide so that readers can rediscover their story and chart a new course for their lives. And it's got everything that somebody would need to do that if you're really rigorous. It's got new ideas, perspective, descriptions of the obstacles, the potential that's there for you, practices you can follow, a little nature story that shows how nature does each of these uh, things that we struggle with, and a promise for what's possible if you step into it. You know, some, some people can do all these things on their own. Some people want to do a more personalized program and want to do some individual coaching around that. I'm available for that too, but uh, it's, it's really a, a way to help readers get reconnected with their true and authentic selves and open up a path that they perhaps didn't even know was there. Isn't that awesome? And thank you for being a light in so many people's world to show them that path, because I think, you know, a lot of people don't even realize they're off the path unless maybe something big happens or they just completely feel lost, but you've been able to actually shine a light on people's path and let them know that that path's there for them. And you know, to actually, just like you said, maybe somebody needs a little bit more one-on-one or somebody just needs the light, but that you're there. And, and it's such a gift. I think when we light each other's path, I think it's one of the most amazing things is first, we have to have enough courage to go down that path ourselves, And that's, you know, that's work and that's, that takes time. Then the next thing is to be able to do it for other people. And, and the fact that you're doing that for so many other people is just such a blessing. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. I, I, I will say that everybody's answers are unique and everybody's answers are inside them already. They always have been. So, you know, I, I can be a, a partner on the, on the path, but my, my partnership is a reflective one. I don't have advice or answers. The answers belong to, to you. But what I, what I can do is to keep the light on the path so you can find your way. And my promise is that I believe you can find your way even in the dark and that's a, that's a piece of potential that most of us don't consider. Absolutely. And I know that a lot of people are feeling in the dark right now. So it's nice that know that there's hope and there's light right outside of that. And that sometimes we have to be in those places, you know, sometimes that's where we find that path and the path. Like I would never, ever get rid of those dark places in my life or dark moments in my life, because those are the places where I've, I actually found my true path through things. Yeah, that's, that's where we learn. Absolutely. That's what we learn. Yeah, I mean, I say somewhere in one of the, oh, one of the chapters that, uh, you know, there was, a, there was a time when every rock that I found in the road, I'd kick it, perhaps until my foot hurt. But now I'll stop and polish it because it's a way to understand what's causing the struggle and where did it come from and how can I find a way to be resilient in the face of this kind of thing because it's going to happen again. Yes, that's a great visual too is to, you know, look at those rocks in the road. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Brad, thank you so much again for being with us today. Um, Cannot wait for that second book to come out. And I'm sure, uh, you know, a lot of bad things have come out of COVID, but a lot of great things have come out of COVID too. And this is just another one of those great things. So 
thank you for sharing that with the world and I um, look forward to connecting with you soon. Well, thanks so much, Autumn. It's really good to be back here and I'm excited about the book too. And uh, I, I look forward to connecting to others with it. So uh, thanks for having me on and for your kind words and support. Thank you for joining us and I hope you enjoyed today's show. And remember, good friends don't keep great messages to themselves. So keep the ripples moving and share this episode with your friends. Also, wherever you listen to podcasts, please take a moment to review or download this episode. Also, I would love to connect with you. Regardless of where you're at on your journey, maybe you're feeling like you can't set sail or maybe you're out there rocking the open seas. Find me at autumnshields.com or on social and say hello. Also, if you would like a complimentary coaching sesh, all you have to do is click on Let's Connect and let me know three things you would like to get out of the conversation and we will make it happen. So make today the day you decide to live your life alive and leave room for the unimaginable. So until next time, keep following the nudges.